You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Sometimes the best advice is just a few simple pointers. And today, that's going to be our episode. I just have 10 things that dungeon masters should do for their games and 10 things that they shouldn't. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. And this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have great campaigns using psychology. Today's episode will be a little bit of a quicker episode that's just going to go back and forth between an idea of something a dungeon master should do and an idea of something a dungeon master shouldn't do. And so today there won't be a knowledge check, and the whole episode is basically going to be a trick of the trade. So I'll give you the writing sound now, and let's go ahead and get started. First thing to do is create a detailed and immersive world with a rich backstory for your characters to interact with. Now, you don't have to spend a ton of time doing this. You don't have to build the entire backstory of the whole world, but at least always be ready with immersive elements and the backstory of whatever locations your players are going to be playing in for the next session. Always be ready for what they're going to encounter next and have that available and ready prepared. I like to plan ahead for one or maybe two sessions, and that's about it, because it can be overwhelming and take too much time. And I don't want to not run a game because I haven't written the entire world yet. I want to keep going and then spend time each week adding to the story. Don't play favorites with certain characters or players. This will be very boring for those people who aren't involved uh, in that part of the story, and it can cause a lot of problems around the table. It's something I've had to learn the hard way, and I would strongly suggest that you treat all the characters as main characters. Don't ever single one of the characters out as the main character. If they have like a moment where they are the main character of a scene, then that's fine, but make sure that each of the characters has that same opportunity. Do develop interesting and diverse characters for your players to interact with. These are your dynamic NPCs, which I mention in my book. I have a whole chapter on it, but we've talked about it a lot on this show as well. You want your NPCs to be believable, interesting, uh, fun. They need to embody a very specific space and they shouldn't just be thrown together. Or if they are just thrown together, you know, make sure that the ones that are important really stand out. So if they're going to have a quest giver or somebody they're going to continually return to is going to be an important part of the story, they need backstories, they need goals, motivations, how they're going to interact with the characters, how they're going to be voiced and sound and talk and and what important things that they provide for the party. All that needs to be notated and planned ahead of time. Don't ignore or disregard player choices or actions. This is very important. Their choices need to have weight on your world, which leads me right into the next do, which is do incorporate player choices and actions into the storyline. These ones are very tied. Don't get yourself in a situation where you are either too tied to your story or you don't want them to do a certain thing, so you eliminate the ability for them to take action and make their own choices. This takes away from the sense of realism from your story and their own ability to suspend their disbelief for the moment while they're playing your game. 
you want them to have choices that affect the storyline, especially as your characters become more powerful. This is super important as they gain renown, as they gain experience, and as they become just generally powerful heroes that have the ability to sway political structures or bring down very powerful magical entities or whatever the case may be in your story. The more powerful they become, the more weight their choices carry on the overall narration of the story and and the gameplay world in general. Don't railroad the players into a specific storyline or outcome. Even if it's something that you're really excited about or something uh, that you spend a lot of time putting energy into. Remember, I've explained my stories sort of as like a, a road trip, right? You know where you're starting. You know where you're going to end up. But let your players make the decisions about all the sightseeing that's going to take place along the way and the whole route that they're going to take to get to wherever it is you're leading them. They don't need to know where that is. You know what the eventual problem they have to solve is going to be, especially if you follow my method of building a campaign, then you've already worked through that and you know where it's going to eventually end up. But there's a million different roads that are going to lead to the same destination. Let them choose the path they're going. This gives them freedom or at least the the illusion of freedom or the freedom along the way, the freedom to choose and decide how they're going to get to the end of this story. Do encourage your players to create complex and unique characters with detailed backstories. We've talked about this so many times on the show. If you've read my book, you know how important I think that that is. Backstories that have humble beginnings but are very detailed and they are very unique. They delve into a lot more than just uh, here's why I'm starting to adventure. You want to have a rich history for your characters so that you can really have your players immerse them in the characters and and feel the emotions that the characters are going to feel, be uh, be invested in the storyline because they are seeing themselves as part of this character as as having the 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 choices that they have to make at this character having weight not just on the game world but on themselves as well and that's all part of having those detailed backstories and really having the opportunity to connect with the characters that they're creating don't punish players for making mistakes or for trying new things you should be rewarding ingenuity and cleverness this is something that's super important uh, to get them to feel comfortable role-playing and and going you know uh, outside the box and trying new things these are great things you want to make sure that you don't ever punish them for like say they want to try and and approach a combat in a different way you shouldn't just have them you know get tpk'd because it wasn't the way you would plan the combat reward their ingenuity next do keep the game moving with a well-planned and organized structure now this isn't a railroad you're not railroading your players but keep the game on a structure and the structure i'm kind of talking about here is sort of like that the three arc story structure which we've talked about on the show about how you can have that in in both the macro and the micro like it it follows the entire story can follow the three arc story but so can your adventures that take place you should have a beginning a middle and end in each of your 
individual sessions even. So even if you know that this session is a continuation of the next session, just like a chapter in the book, it should sort of have a build to some sort of small climax and and then some sort of resolution or cliffhanger. But plan that stuff ahead and be prepared so that the structure If it's familiar, if it's that familiar storytelling structure, then they'll always be invested in the story. That's part of what makes good stories so successful is they follow the right structure and they they key your mind to knowing that, okay, the suspense is going to build here and then things are going to get better or this is going to be a really tragic ending and we're going to have to come back for the sequel and then see if things can be resolved there. But follow some sort of well-organized structure and, and think of it ahead of time. Don't make people feel uncomfortable or unwelcome at your table. We've talked a lot about that on this show as well, how it's very important to have a very welcoming and inclusive uh, environment at your table. And a lot of that can be set in your session zero or just by your behavior and the way that you interact with other players. But don't get in the mindset of having people who aren't allowed at your games or types of players that aren't allowed at your games or types of characters that you don't like play to your games. Be welcoming, be accepting of all the things that might come to your table and find ways of of interacting with the way that each person individually likes to play, even if it's not the specific way you had in mind for this game. Find a compromise, be open and accepting so that everyone will feel comfortable and happy to play in the games at your table. Continuing on with what you can learn at your session zero, do provide clear and concise rules for gameplay. So this can be as simple as saying, hey, here's the system we're using, and we're using the system exactly as written. Or it can be elaborating on your house rules or any differing uh, spells that you might have or alternative rulings, but make sure that it is clear and it is concise and your players know what to expect. Session Zero is all about setting expectations for what your game is going to be, and so that is the appropriate place for setting the expectation of what the rules and gameplay are going to be like at your table. But if something changes, Make sure you communicate it clearly whenever it comes up. Don't just wait and say, oh, wait, no, you know, I decided now Fireball's not going to work in this world anymore. When you've had a character who might be specialized in that and now all of a sudden they feel undermined, you know, just make sure that you are communicative and clear about whatever the rules are going to be for your game. Don't create one-dimensional or uninteresting villains. I I love good villains and part of what makes them makes any great villain great is that they have layers, they have a backstory, they can be related to or they're very very unique. Very rarely is the very plain and simple I'm bad because I'm bad so I destroy good things. That is not an interesting story. What is an interesting story is a fall from grace or somebody who thinks that their actions are going to make the world a better place or it's a revenge plot. Make it interesting. Your villains need to have spice to them. They need to have layers and they need to be something that the characters can look at and go, wow, that was a great villain. Not just, oh yeah, it was just another bad guy. Do use descriptive language to paint vivid pictures of your game world. You may not have a huge vocabulary, but part of 
being a good DM is learning the right words to describe your world. And if you're in like a fantasy setting that has medieval things, pick up some new vocabulary, like just learn some new words to describe things in more interesting ways. That's one of my favorite things to do is learn a few new words that can be thrown into the story and using some of those traditional words like medieval uh, vocabulary can add a level of immersion to your players as they're hearing you describe things in sort of an archaic way, uh, it can actually draw them to think of it as something different from our real world. So that can be a very useful thing to do as well. Don't use offensive or insensitive content in the game. Now, this can be mitigated a little bit by saying if you in your session zero agreed to play a darker game and you took the advice from like the show that we talked about in how to safely run a darker game at your table, that's one thing. But don't throw things into your game that have been drawn as lines or that were said that people were unwilling to be involved in a game that had that. And don't just throw it out there just for shock value, uh, even if it wasn't discussed. Make sure you are honoring the consent that was given to you during your session zero. Don't be the DM who just takes something for shock value and violates the consent that was given them by their players. That's that's not appropriate, and your your table will fall apart quickly if you treat your players like that. Do spend time and create challenging and creative puzzles and obstacles for your players to overcome. Having these sort of things gives them small victories. It helps them immerse themselves a little further in your game world. And these puzzles and obstacles can really be tied to like your ultimate problem. Solving these little things along the way are really great when they tie into the overall story arc. And that ties right into the next don't, which is don't be tied to a solution just because it was your solution. Listen to what your players are thinking and doing and the actions that they've come up with. I may have mentioned before that there are many times I've created a riddle that the answer that the players give me fit better than the answer I had written for the riddle. I will obviously accept the answer that they give Instead, don't be tied to something just because it was yours. Use whatever is creative and best suited. Sometimes your players are going to come up with better ideas from your for your story than you came up with, and it's perfectly acceptable to use those ideas instead. After all, this is a collaborative storytelling game, so let them collaborate with you that fit the situation better or worked in a way that was just really unexpected and unique. And those are some of the most fun times at the table, which is also why you don't want to be inflexible or unwilling to adjust the gameplay based on player feedback. That's another huge thing that you want to focus on. If your players are giving you feedback about, hey, maybe there was too much combat or is there something we can do to speed up the rounds or I feel like our downtime has been kind of boring? Adjust the gameplay based on that feedback. If if they bring a, a problem to your attention, it's usually because it's affecting their ability to have fun at the table and adjusting the gameplay based on their feedback will make the game more fun for everyone involved, yourself included, because when your players aren't having fun, you as a DM aren't going to be having as much fun either. So that leads to my next do, which is 
do have a way for your players to give you constructive criticism and feedback feedback about the game. Make sure that they know either through session zero that you lay it out or you tell them at the very end, but some way they need to know how can they get a hold of you and give you feedback. It can be anonymous or it can be an open forum, but whatever it is, it needs to exist and you need to have that. uh, You need to remind your players about that so that they are always feeling comfortable to give you the feedback to keep that game going forward and, and being fun for everyone. So that leads to my next do, which is do have a way for your players to give you constructive criticism and feedback feedback about the game. Make sure that they know either through session zero that you lay it out or you tell them at the very end, but some way they need to know how can they get a hold of you and give you feedback. It can be anonymous or it can be an open forum, but whatever it is, it needs to exist and you need to have that. uh, You need to remind your players about that so that they are always feeling comfortable to give you the feedback to keep that game going forward and, and being fun for everyone. So that leads to my next do, which is do have a way for your players to give you constructive criticism and feedback feedback about the game. Make sure that they know either through session zero that you lay it out or you tell them at the very end, but some way they need to know how can they get a hold of you and give you feedback. It can be anonymous or it can be an open forum, but whatever it is, it needs to exist and you need to have that. Uh, you need to remind your players about that so that they are always feeling comfortable to give you the feedback to keep that game going forward and, and being fun for everyone. And lastly, don't take the game too seriously and forget to have fun. You're all there to have a good time and get immersed in a story. And yes, serious plot lines can be really rewarding and and immersive and and really great memories. But overall, the things that you're really going to cherish and remember the most is the fun that you've had with your friends and the interaction time that you've had together. So don't let the game get in the way of why you're all there, which is to have a community and share a narrative together. So that is all for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week. And as always, we appreciate any uh, ratings or reviews that you can leave us and also check out our Patreon. You can also find us on Instagram at dungeons underscore dragons underscore psychology. You can find the link tree there to all of our links. Until next time, Cyclothids, we will see you next session.